0: Welcome to the Walk Talks podcast, a resource produced by Southland Christian Ministries located in Ringgold, Louisiana. Our purpose is to provide you with daily devotion so that you can faithfully grow in your relationship with Christ each and every day. We hope these truths will be an encouragement to you as you hear from God's Word today.
1: And welcome back to day four of our five-day series called Names of the Newborn. Micah and I are really excited about today's name of who Jesus is.
0: That's right. We've been on kind of a journey this week talking about several titles, several names for this newborn king. And uh, today is actually 10 days till Christmas. I'm like, Can you believe it? So
1: excited. Christmas
0: is almost here. And I know I'm sure all of you out there are getting super pumped about Another holiday season. Mm -hmm. On Monday, we talked about how this newborn babe was called Jesus. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, we talked about the name Emmanuel and looked at a lot of Old Testament, several Old Testament references to God being with us and the significance of that. Yesterday, we considered from Luke chapter 1 that Christ, Jesus, was son of the highest. And again, examined some Old Testament texts. And today, I'm very excited about the next name or title, kind of more of an idea, honestly, for who Jesus was. And it's found in Matthew, again, chapter one and verse 16. Emily, go ahead and read that for us.
1: And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ.
0: All right. So Jesus, our savior, was also called Christ. Now, I don't know about you. We just had a conversation about this a moment ago, but a lot of times we call Jesus by these names, Christ probably being the one that we call him the most. And maybe you're like us and you haven't really had a super deep understanding about mm-hmm. what that name actually means. So today I hope that you'll be encouraged and challenged by the uh, the truth of who Jesus was and being called Christ. Emily, do you have any idea uh, where the word Christ gets its root?
1: I think Christ kind of has the same root as Messiah, where it's like God's anointed or God's chosen Okay. one.
0: Or yeah. So the Old Testament term Messiah, which is probably a term that many of us are somewhat familiar with, literally means to be anointed. Hmm. And then in the New Testament, rather than using the word Messiah, the biblical authors used the Greek term for the same thing to be anointed. And actually the the name or the title Christ comes from the Greek word kryo, uh, hmm. which literally means to rub or to stroke with oil or to smear or to anoint. And then like the verb of it is Christos, which means to smear on something or to anoint. And that is what they called Jesus. He was the anointed one. Hmm. And there's really, there's some really significant ideas, some significant Old Testament thought to be given to this name Christ. So that when we read in the New Testament, Jesus Christ, Christ, boy, I think we should really have a deep understanding of what we're saying. We are saying he was the anointed one.
1: Which, what does anointing have to do with Christ? Like that word? Like why is anointing this super important concept?
0: Fantastic question. Well, first of all, let's consider... On the surface, what, or who rather, was anointed in Old Testament times? I mean, Mm -hmm. what was so significant about being anointed?
1: That's a great question. Kings? I'm pretty sure Saul and David were anointed.
0: Yeah, probably the most familiar one would be when David was anointed Mm -hmm. with oil. Samuel comes to uh, Jesse and sees all of his sons and he says, Well, none of these are the next king. And then Mm -hmm. here comes David back from the sheep farm. And remember, he (laughs) pours the oil on his head and he anoints him. All right. Anybody else in the Old Testament that you can think of that may have been anointed?
1: Oh, let's see. Besides kings, there was a prophet. wasn't Didn't Elijah anoint Elisha to be the next prophet? Yep,
0: Elisha was anointed. So there's a prophet. Anybody else, Emily?
1: Oh, let's see. Aaron.
0: Okay. Who was Aaron? The priest. High priest. There you go. Okay. So this is an interesting concept. So in the Old Testament, there are accounts of prophets priests and kings all being anointed. And so the anointed one obviously has some significance. Being anointed has priestly significance, kingly significance and prophet like significance. But the Messiah concept comes from even farther back than all of those old Testament accounts. It actually Mm -hmm. comes from the book of Genesis. Remember in Genesis after Adam and Eve or Adam and Eve, they sinned against God, right? They believed the serpent. What was it that God said to them in the garden? Do you remember?
1: Are you talking about the promise that he made to them? Yes, yeah. There was a promise that a son of Eve would come and crush the serpent's head.
0: Yes. And the serpent would what?
1: The serpent would bruise his heel.
0: Bruise his heel. Okay, so at the very beginning of time, very beginning of sin entering into this world, God makes a promise to his people that he was going to send some serpent crusher (laughs) to save the people from their sin. And this theme comes up several more times. So right there in the beginning of Genesis, but then also when God speaks to Abraham, he makes a covenant with him saying what?
1: Um, that your people will be like as the same of the... Sea,
0: yep, and through you...
1: All nations will be blessed.
0: All nations will be blessed. Fast forward a couple of years and Judah, one of Abraham's descendants, also gets the same type of promise that hmm. through his line, there's going to be blessing. And even though he had totally sinned and forsaken God, there was still something good that could come out of his line. A king. A king, a yes. serpent crusher. Yes. Fast forward several years later the very first king from the line of judah steps Mm. onto the throne and that is david king david yes now king david has a lot to do with the messianic promises in the old testament so if you turn in your bibles to second samuel chapter seven um i don't do you have that pulled up emily i have you read second samuel seven verses 12 through 16 and hear what uh what god promises to david
1: okay And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee and thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever.
0: Okay, so God comes to David and says that his throne is going to be established forever. So when we're looking for the Messiah, when we're looking for this anointed one, we're looking for a king. There's a promise mm-hmm. here for a future king. And we know from, in scripture, David was not that promised king. David had some big problems, didn't He, he mm-hmm. sinned. Yep. And he went against God and rebelled even in his own life. So David was not this promised ruler, this promised king to crush the serpent. And then as time progresses and more kings come onto the throne, we find that those kings, as they pursue money and pleasure and and wealth and worldly fame, they are not the promised king to rule and to reign. And yet, at this very time, even when David was on the throne, he was already celebrating and anticipating the future future king, the future.
1: He knew that he wasn't that king. He
0: did. He was celebrating the future Messiah. You know, in the Psalms, there are actually 11 psalms that are called royal psalms. Hmm. And they're celebratory songs that they would have sung to anticipate the Messiah. And it's really interesting to study those psalms and and to look forward to who we know to be the Messiah, that is Christ, Jesus. And think about all of those psalms in light of who Jesus was. Hmm. Now fast forward to when Matthew writes his gospel and he sits down and he writes Matthew one and verse 16, boy, this is, this is profound. He says that this Jesus who was born of Mary is the Christ. He is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to look any further into history, any farther down the road for this person who will crush the serpent, the the serpent's head, Mm -hmm. then the Lord Jesus Christ, because he came and he died for our sins. He conquered mm-hmm. evil. He conquered mm-hmm. death on the cross of Calvary. And when he hung on that cross and poured out his blood as a sacrifice and atonement for our sins, he was fulfilling that prophecy from Genesis 3, the anointed one.
1: Wow, that's incredible.
0: Now, there's an an interesting application that I want us to consider uh, this morning as we just conclude quickly. Jesus never called himself Messiah. Wouldn't that have been nice if Jesus would have just said to his disciples, Listen, guys, I am the king. I'm, I am the Messiah. But Jesus actually did a lot of things that proved that he was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so if you're asking that question with us today, I want us to look at Matthew 11 and verses three and six, where a per, another person by the name of John the Baptist sends his disciples to ask this very question. They ask, art thou he, they're talking to Jesus, are you the one that should come or do we look for another? Listen carefully to what Jesus said to these men. He said, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Hmm. It's almost like Jesus is receiving this question of Are you really the Messiah? And what is his response? Well, just
1: look at what I'm doing that fulfills Old Testament. Open,
0: open your eyes and open your ears. Mm. And I want to encourage all of us that as we go through this Christmas season, we would keep our eyes and our ears open Mm -hmm. to who Jesus is, to what Jesus said, to how Jesus served and ministered here on this earth and to find him to be and to know him to be this promised one, this promised one that we can put our faith and our trust in for eternal salvation and for joy and satisfaction and blessedness as we live this life here on this earth. Hope that it can be an encouragement and a challenge to all of us today. And we want to thank you for joining us. Tomorrow we'll be wrapping up our five-day series on the names of the newborn. Hope you'll join us. And we want to also begin to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Lord bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Walk Talks podcast. We trust that what you've heard today has challenged your walk with God. It is our prayer that through this podcast, every listener would strive to become more like Christ and faithfully live for Him each and every day. Join us next time, and God bless.